I Love Mortgage Brokering, Episode 52. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. I want to share with you a new series I'm doing called the CEO Series, where I'm interviewing the CEOs of all the major brokerage houses. There's two goals with this. The first goal is to find out who these people are, what makes them tick, and how they ended up leading a national brokerage. The second goal is to find out where their company's headed and what makes their brokerage unique. Basically, why should someone choose their company in light of all the options that are available? I'm excited to share these interviews with you. Hopefully, you're going to get some awesome stuff from them, and you can find them all at ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash CEO. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Colin Dreher. He's the CEO of Verico Financial Group, Inc. He's been in the mortgage business for 25 years. Verico is one of the major national brokerages with 2,300 agents. They're one of the largest in Canada, and I'm absolutely stoked for this interview today. Colin, you ready to rock? I am ready to rock. Thank you, Scott, and it's a pleasure to uh, be on this uh, interview with you. Awesome. So can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage business? Sure. I'll give you a brief overview. I've got an extensive career. I, my, I call myself a serial entrepreneur, Scott. I've always believed in uh, individual ownership and business, and, uh, and I've uh, started in the real estate business originally, got involved in owning real estate offices and franchising in that business. And uh, of course, the natural uh, assimilation you know, to the mortgage business, but everyone who's buying houses needed mortgages. So as a result of that, I started a mortgage company in, late 19, in the late 1990s uh, called The Mortgage Source, as a matter of fact. And we were arguably the biggest in British Columbia at the time. And, uh, and, uh, and I started a, a kind of a franchise process through The Mortgage Source. So I'm proud to say that uh, that, that particular company brought a significant amount of a significant brokers that are still in the business today making great contributions. So uh, uh, entrepreneurship is just in my blood. Uh, I believe in it, and uh, and I will continue to promote it and support it. You know, as part of my uh, my background. So you you were one of the guys who kind of started the franchise model for mortgage brokers. I wouldn't say started the franchise model. I think that uh, at the end of the, there was mortgage source was in play at the time many many years ago. Uh, but I, I, I had a concept and that I thought was important to the real estate in uh, sort of the mortgage industry in the fact that uh, I thought that single entrepreneurs, individual owners you know, had as much validity as what we call the super brokers who came into play in the year 2000. And, and I thought there was a, a disparity in terms of balance, that, uh, that the, the recognition and the business that the individual entrepreneurs did should be recognized in the same level as, as, as larger broker houses. And uh, that was a quest for me to equalize that playing field. And I think we've done a, a great job in the last 10 years in doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to that in a little bit, but before we more dive into your stories, I always like to ask about a success quote because I love how quotes distill an idea down to something that's portable, that's memorable, and it can really influence you. So, can you share a quote that's really had an impact or your on your life or business? I, I've got two quotes that I think are, are very impactful, and I kind of uh, it's my mantra in terms of moving forward in anything I do. Is is one is that your outcome is determined by your setup. Uh, I, I've experienced this in my careers in the many businesses and entrepreneurship businesses that I've started. And I found that if you don't uh, set yourself up appropriately at the beginning, then you're going to pay the price at the end. And I think a due diligence at the start uh, will pay a lot of dividends at the end. And the second uh, quote that I, uh, I govern myself by is, what price are you willing to pay? Uh, everyone wants to be successful in various ways. Everybody wants to earn significant amounts of funds and monies in, significant, in different ways. And there's a, a difference between wishing and hoping and understanding there's a price to pay. And in every situation, there are consequences and there's a, a willingness of how much work has to go in to achieve that success. And so 
both of those quotes determine kind of uh, uh, how I approach business and any business opportunity that comes before me. So can you give me an example of something? I love that your outcome is determined by your setup. So can you give me an example of something maybe that you're working on or worked on recently that you really thought about the setup because you were you were deliberate about the outcome that you wanted? Well, I guess, the, yeah, I guess Verico is one that really is very de- relevant to that, is the fact that when I owned my own mortgage company for a number of years, I wanted to, I thought the concept of, uh, of a network of, of uh, top-tier uh, owners uh, was important. And so uh, to do that, I, I put together a research kind of due diligence business plan. That plan was a little premature in its day, but I hung on to that business plan for, I would say, at least eight or nine years before kind of uh, the industry grew to its level of acceptance. And, uh, and I found that the, the more specific we were with our focus and our business uh, mantra and our mission statement hasn't changed in 10 years is the fact that we've built around it. But, but because we're so disciplined with the focus at the beginning, uh, I think it guaranteed our success as we, as we move through the process. So I, I just think that uh, uh, due diligence at the beginning, understanding your focus, understanding your purpose uh, is really important to any business model that you're trying to undertake. And that goes from an individual perspective to a, to a large corporation. So I have something that you just said this tweaked my interest here. You said that you had this sort of research that you'd done and you had a plan, but it took some time before you were able to actually imp- – how do you – exercise patience because i know as a person like me i always when i have an idea i'm like i want to implement it now like literally i'm so maybe the market wasn't ready for what you're what how did you sit on it or how did you exercise that discipline that because i sometimes definitely lack that well i think that's one of the questions of many of our our owners brokers across the country i talk to from time to time patience is one of the things that i i really advocate i think at the end of the day if it's worthwhile getting it's worthwhile waiting for and so I, I believe that patience is, is a discipline that you need to learn. A dis, I mean, business success in business is all about discipline. It's about discipline to work, discipline to commit, discipline to have a business plan. And part of that discipline is patience. And I think in every point of life, whether it's personal or in business, we all know there's a time to put your foot on the gas, there's a time to break, and there's a time to, to hold, you know, a, a, a coasting, you know, cruise level. So I think that uh, patience is, is a virtue of business, mm-hmm. and, and I believe that uh, people should never get over-anxious. I don't believe there's ever more any mortgage life-and-death emergencies, and I think that business is, I look at it as a sport, and so you never shoot the puck before you're ready, and so same with business. You never commit to something until you're in a position to make sure that you're ready to take on that commitment, and you're ready to, to, uh, to, enjoy, to, to commit to the, the work level that may be required. So, so I think patience is a, is a learned art. Well, I feel like this is a coaching call, so I really appreciate it because it's definitely something I needed to hear about, especially recently with some things that I have going on. So I, I hopefully I everyone else gets some. I just comment on that, Scott. I think the thing is what you find is that we, there are so many things in life that you can't control, okay? There's so mm-hmm. many things that happen in your life that control your emotions, your business, you know, whether it's the, the fluctuations in rates, the economy, you know, different regulatory aspects. We can't control these things. But what we can control is, is how we approach things. You know, and that's where the patience level comes in and the discipline comes in. And so I think that, you know, business is about supporting your family and your life and reaching financial goals. But your life is about yourself as an individual. And so if you understand and control yourself, then you'll interlope that into your business life and you'll have a successful journey. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I always like, for me, as an entrepreneur, business owner, failure is something that happens. And looking, it's never fatal, but looking back, there's always a lesson in it. Can you share an example of something that you had failed at in business and then the lesson that you learned from it looking back? Yeah, I, I can. I, and I can relate it specifically. I was uh, 
there was a time when I was involved in building construction, real estate offices, insurance companies, and uh, and I was uh, doing very, very well, exceptionally well. Uh, one thing I didn't anticipate, this was many years ago, was a big shift in the marketplace. And so because I was young and I wasn't as as, uh, as thoughtful as I am today, uh, it, it, the market shift uh, negatively affected me. And it was the best lesson that I ever had, to be quite honest with you, Scott. It was one of those situations where I learned so well from that particular lesson that it governed the rest of my career. So I think there's always a lesson to be learned in anybody. It, there's always a, a, a crossroads or an epiphany that you have in your business. The question is, do you absorb it? For me, it was one of those things where uh, I learned, don't read your own press clippings. Uh, never uh, do a net worth statement and think you're bigger than you are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, make sure that you're realistic about uh, your, your, your expectations. And so when I got uh, a bump in the road from my businesses, uh, I took stock of it. And, and I learned a valuable lesson from it, and it helped me govern my success from that point forward. So uh, I think everyone needs to get their knees skinned from time to time, and the lesson is to, to learn from it and not take it as a, a setback, but as an opportunity to grow. Right. That's awesome. And so no one as a little kid said, you know, when I grow up, I want to be the CEO of a national mortgage brokerage company. Um, so can you share sort of your journey? You did a little bit at the beginning, but how you ended up from sort of in real estate and recognizing an opportunity to recognizing the bigger opportunity, which is kind of connecting brokers and helping build a, a bigger network um, for a whole bunch of independent owners. So can you share that journey? Sure. I tell you, well, first of all, I went to university to be a school teacher. And, uh, and while I was uh, being, uh, while I was doing my last uh, practical, my last semester, I, I got into the real estate industry and, and I learned more, I earned more in that six months, uh, selling real estate part-time than I was full-time as a teacher. So I love being the aspect of, of being a teacher. And I think that my whole life has been about teaching and helping and mentoring. And so, but, and so I got into real estate sales and I was very, very successful, extremely successful, number one in the company for a long period of time. But my ambitions were to continue that asp- aspirations of helping people. And so I actually had an aspiration to be a business person. I actually gave up a more successful career to get into ownership and management of real estate and then mortgaging and other companies, because that was more my passion. Mm-hmm. And so my passion is really obviously to be a successful entrepreneur, but my passion is to help people. My, my joy is the success of others. And, uh, and I've always enjoyed that and always will. And so the reason I'm in business today and still continue to be passionate about the business, because I love to see people succeed. It inspires me. And the more people succeed, the more inspiration I get. So just out of curiosity, you said you were, you were going to be a teacher. What uh, subjects were you going to teach if you Actually, did? Actually, it was phys uh, ed. Phys ed? <laughs> so uh, I've always enjoyed sports. I've always been active in sports. Sports are a precursor to discipline. They teach you about team, the team effort. And uh, so I, uh, but uh, development of, uh, of, from an individual perspective and helping people, it was, uh, it was an aspiration. And, uh, and so I felt that the, the financial journey was better in business than it was in teaching, though I applaud anybody who takes on the profession of teaching. Right. And well, and even in, as a leader of a company, you do get the opportunity to teach. It's just a different context. I'm doing it every day. I do mm-hmm. it every day. I, I, I talk to people every day. I'm mentoring people every day. People, as I say, I, I, people within our particular organization, I give every one of our owners my individual private line. They're welcome to phone me at any time. I have a vast experience and I tell them I, can, I will give them any knowledge I have and any assistance I can on a one-on-one basis. So, uh, so I enjoy that. As I say, that's my inspiration. That's my sweet spot, to be quite honest with you. 
So the with Verico, where did the idea come from? Because it's obviously, uh, when did you have that moment where you were like, okay, this, this is something I feel like the the market needs that because you're you were a bit of a pioneer in this. So when did that come and, and where did the idea come from? That idea came really in 2003, 2004. We implemented in 2005. At the time in 2003, 2004, I was with a group called the Mortgage Training Group. And uh, there was a number of uh, industry participants from Carl Schrackey, Peter Matheny, Tom Hogg, Greg Williamson, uh, and Garth Ellis and myself had a, had a training and, and uh, organization. And from traveling around the country and, and helping people develop their businesses, I realized there was a specific need out there. There was a need in the niche, in the top end, the top individual entrepreneurs, you know, were not getting uh, fairly recognized and that they weren't part of a community. And so, and I know that everyone says that we go after the top people, you know, and, and I'm sure everyone does. But our mantra was to go after the top 20% within the industry. To that end, uh, and still today, if you want to join Verico, you make application. And we have a seven-page application. And so we make sure that the people, you know, fit within the confines of our, 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 our demographics. And uh, so we were very successful. People uh, caught on to that idea. They wanted to be part of a community that related to the high level of professionalism, integrity, uh, you know, standards that uh, they wanted. And uh, that was what Verico, the, the passion and mission statement of Verico was at the time and still is to this day. And uh, we related. We hit the market right at the right time, and, uh, and people responded to us in kind. So I'm very thankful to all those people that recognize that, that, that value proposition and still do today and support us. Right. Well, this is a, a, that. So another question I have about when you guys initially started. So you've been doing this for ten years now with Verico. Can you uh, can you share an example of a mistake maybe that you've made with your brokerage? Um, but obviously there was a lesson. Can you share an example of something that maybe didn't work out the way you'd planned? Well, I don't know whether we made any mistakes. I will say this: is our business model, our 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 our, our passion was to be the unfranchised model and to help entrepreneurs develop and grow their business and become more profitable. And so our, our mission statement is still the same in that regard, and we still commit to that. The one thing that I guess along the way that uh, uh, was a kind of always a puzzlement for me to a certain degree when people were considering making choices is that sometimes we didn't get a chance to, to explain our value proposition. I think the, the biggest frustration, I don't know if it's a mistake, more of a frustration, is people don't understand the value proposition that Veracle has and what it can do for their business. And so we do a good job of that. Um, but I, I, uh, I, I guess, and this is just a competitive level, you know, I'd like to see more and more people know more about Verico. And, and if we're good for their business, they will join us. And if we're not good for their business, then they have other choices. Right. So that's actually dovetails perfectly into what I want to ask you next. So with sort of the, there's several different options in the marketplace for that people can join. So what makes what in your mind, what makes Verico unique? Well, I think the difference being is simply this is we're not a consumer brand in any particular way. I think we've got an excellent reputation, you know, internally within the mortgage community. Uh, but we're about your business. So we're about your business, your brand, your profitability. And, and so our whole we're a management company that helps you uh, continue to, to aspire to the success that you want. When we someone joins Verico, it's not about here's what we do for you. It's about what do you need? And, and we match our particular business model and all the tools and services products to that particular individual. So it's understanding uh, an individual entrepreneur, where they want to go, what their goals are, their why for the next few years. And so we match our support systems to them. And so we're all about an individual's business. So when we wake up every day, we go out there to earn everyone's business. And, uh, we, uh, and so far, we've done a, a good job of doing that. And I'm very proud of that. 
and uh, we've evolved our business significantly in the last 10 years with the tools, the services, the products, support systems that we have, and uh, we want people to succeed. And so our success is the success of our individual owners, and our programs are customized to support individual owners. We're not templated and say, this is the way you do it, this is how it should mm -hmm. be done. Uh, we're not about that. We're, we're more of a customized organization for each individual entrepreneur. So um, can you share an example, without maybe not with a name, but of an, uh, an individual or company who recently joined you guys and like what was their, when their words or what was their reasoning for wanting to join Verico? Just because I think it helps people, on, you know, see yeah, where someone's and, coming and from. I think that's fair. I think what it is, I, I do believe this, and, and Scott, this is going to be interesting for people to hear and for me to say, is that I, and I said this yesterday when I was in, uh, having a chat with one of our, our, uh, our, our owners, is the fact at the end of the day, it's not Verico or any other brand that's going to make you successful. It's you that's going to make you successful. What we do is support your success. And so we had an individual come to us who was an independent, independent company, did a lot of work with financial planners, uh, certainly hadn't uh, done as due diligent in terms of, of, of keeping the customer in, in contact or making you know uh, different options available to consumers along the way. He joined our particular organization. Um, his quote, and, and we do have an ad on this, as a matter of fact, was the fact as a result of using our technology and our systems that, that we have in place to support his business, he feels he's got an extra additional two to 300 transactions last year and uh, made himself, he, he arguably says he made himself an extra almost $500,000 as a result of joining our organization and using our system. And it didn't interfere with his business. What it did was support his business. So these are quotes and testimonials that we're very, very proud of because people say is that, that Verico is there to help my business. They're not there to overtake my business. My belief is, is that if you own your business and you pay the bills, you have the right to make the decisions. Uh, we have a license agreement, you know, which defines certain categories in terms of professional advocacy and training and things that are important to the industry. But at the end of the day, we shouldn't be imposing our standards on your business. If you own it, you should be able to make those decisions and we support that and we support how you do that. Right. It's just my observation, I guess, from uh, what I see, but with the Verico brand in particular, that the people who have sort of a brand that they want to continue to promote themselves, their own company, Verico is really good about uh, allowing people to promote their own, their own thing. And just you're kind of behind the scenes um, helping them run their business. Is that a good way to describe I, it? I think it is. I think it really is a good way. As I say, we're, we're a support mechanism for that. And I think, I mean, we've got to remember that, the, the mortgage brokering is still a very localized entity, and so uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it, it, you don't want to. We don't want a confusion in brand. What we want to see is if it's X, Y, Z, and you're you're renowned in your local community, then you shouldn't be changing your brand to to change something else that has nothing relevance to the consumer in your community. You want to promote your brand and equity because it's about your business and building value in your business. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. so I always like to switch. Now we talked about the past and the present about the future, so. Where do you think the big is the opportunity for the big brokerage houses in the next couple of years? Well, I, I, big brokerage houses. I guess um, I, I I think there's a we re, we all require as an industry to have a deeper relationship with consumers. I mean, at the time we've we've gone from a nine percent market share in 1999, arguably that went in the year 2000 and such to to maybe 32, 33 percent. We're arguably at 25 percent market share right now. 42 percent first time buyers. Uh, I think that we have, you have 25% of any particular market share, we've got a good business, and I mean collectively. And so I think that uh, the opportunity right now is for all brands, 
you know, to, to enhance the relationship and, and the, the value proposition of independent mortgage brokers to consumers. And so if we collectively do that, I think that we've got a, a, a huge opportunity within the industry, you know, to grow our business and, and, and to, to expand it, you know, in, in various ways. Now, that being said, we've got to be more valuable to the consumer. And being more valuable to the consumer means being able to offer various levels of products and other services. So I think that we're, we're moving to a, a level of, and I think we're, we're embarking on this slowly. I've endorsed it one-stop shopping for a long, long period of time in my career, uh, but it's hard to get there. Uh, but I think we're, we're, we're embarking now and that the, the individual uh, practitioner understands a better relationship with consumers and being in more depth and offering them more tools and services and products, you know, as a result of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what, what do you see, though, as the biggest risk to the brokerage house in the next couple of years? Well, I think complacency, to be quite honest with you, Scott. I think that, you know, individual uh, um, gain and complacency is, is the challenge that we have today. I think that, you know, notwithstanding, of course, you know, there's, we can get into the challenges of regulatory aspects, you know, suppliers, uh, you know, uh, being able to uh, continue to, to support our industry. I think those things are in place already. So I'm going to say at this moment for the for our discussion here that that we're going to say that those things are are, are are the main is going to stay in place, but I think from a distribution perspective, uh, we have to do a better job of who we are. And I know we've done a great job, and we've got a lot of great people across the country that do that, and so do other brands. In fairness to them, but complacency is something we we have to get beyond. We have to really ingratiate ourselves with consumers, and we have to do a better job of who we are and what we do with consumers. And the more we do that, the more support we're going to have from our lenders and suppliers, and the more we're going to be able to move the needle on broker market share, which has always been an ambition of mine. How do we increase the business? If we can all have a larger broker market share, then all competitors can enjoy the benefits of that, and all individual brokers can. But if we don't, then we're all going to fight over scraps, and that's the wrong direction to go. We have a great opportunity in this industry, and, and we need to be diligent about how we go about it. And, and the main thing, priority for people is simply this. Think of your job as a profession. Get up every day and act, talk, walk, do the things that a professional mortgage consultant would do. And if we do that on a daily basis and take care of our customers individually and keep them customers for life, then there's a good future for, for the whole industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely. So the complacency for sure is something that if we don't you know, dig down every day, get better, I th- somebody once said to me that every day you wake up unemployed, and I think it's a good way to uh, remind <laughs> yeah, yourself. Yeah, we have a phrase here that we like is wake up with purpose, mm-hmm. you know, and I like the unemployed part, you know, but if you're unemployed, then find a purpose, you know, and the purpose is, I, I, I always tell this story, which I think is kind of interesting, Scott, and I, I think you may have heard this before, but when I look at this business, it, 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 we have what we call billions of dollars worth of inventory sitting on the shelf. We have zero carrying cost to it, zero carrying cost for that. Our job is to get out professionally every day, find consumers that have financial needs. And once we find that consumer, we can take that product off the shelf and match that to the consumer. As a result of that, we get compensated from our supplier lenders, and and generously so. So at the end of the day, isn't that a heck of an opportunity? We have no carrying costs aside from our own uh, level of, 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 uh, of cost of projecting ourselves to be good at what we do. And we get to take off the shelf Billions of dollars worth of inventory with no carrying costs, and we get compensated for it. If that's not an opportunity and people don't think that's not worth getting up every day on purpose, then I'm sorry, please get another job. Yeah, yeah, I know sometimes being obviously a mortgage broker, we get to look at lots of financials from 
uh, other businesses. And I'm always, it's always amazing to me how great of a business this is when you think about the overhead versus the, what you can net. And it's a, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, 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 and the heartwarming part about all this, you help Canadian consumers with their financial challenges or opportunities in purchasing a new home. I mean, what better fulfillment can you have? You're helping consumers and you're getting paid for that product and you don't have any carrying costs. In most cases, you don't have to even charge any fees. <laughs> yes, that's correct. You know, so I think this is a wonderful industry, and I, I would encourage everyone who's listening to this and everyone across the country, you know, we've got a great business. Let's all work collectively to protect it. Mm-hmm. So this is my final question. So what is your BHAG for your company? You know, the, this phrase, big, hairy, audacious goals for the next five years. Well, I think one of the things that we've done and we've shifted, which is really important, I think, as an industry, I think. I think that the, there's going to be a reliance as we as the industry continues to mature to move away from egocentric to what I call business centric. And I think that uh, if you have run any business and certainly any suppliers are reliant on, on solely on, on, on uh, the mortgage distribution side, mortgage brokers, then we need to continue to validate who we are and make sure that we're not egocentric, that we're business centric. And so the big goal that we've had and we've moved towards this very clearly is that, you know, there's a reason to be at Verico. There's a reason to join Verico. There's a reason to be in this industry. And we continue to validate that. So sometimes it's not the, the big audacious goal that's out there. It's doing a good job of what we've already got before us. And so I think there's still work to be done on the opportunities we have with us, notwithstanding that we'll cross-sell and we'll have deeper relationships with consumers. But the big goal is to take the ego out of the business and put the business side in the business. And if we can do that, and that's certainly our goal here at Verico, because we're all about business people. And, uh, and, and I think that that's a great uh, opportunity for all of us. Mm-hmm. Great opportunity for all of us. Yeah, you, you got me fired up to get back to work now after all this conversation. So I feel like this is a pep talk on top of an interview. Um, so Colin, where can people follow, find you online? You can find me online at, uh, as I say, you can email me directly at Colin, C-O-L-I-N, dot Dreyer, D-R-E-Y-E-R, at verico.ca. Uh, my private number, if you want to contact me, is 604-644-1043. Awesome. And I really appreciate your time today. And the this interview is awesome. And yeah, I hope that Verico continues to grow and rock the rest of the year. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. And by the way, my compliments to you on these interviews. They're fantastic. I've listened to the other interviews you've done and everyone's offered great insight and continue to do that and continue to learn and grow and continue success to you as well. Awesome. Thank you, Colin. Thanks, Scott. Have a great day. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing. Since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.